Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye. Uh, we have quite a few people going to speaking with today, but we're going to start off with the president of the Seattle Martin Luther King Jr. County branch of the NAACP, Carolyn Riley Payne. Uh, folks might know that uh, she uh, ran the, the Axel program for almost 40 years, Afro, Tech, Afro Technological Scientific Olympics. Is that it, Madam President? Afro-cultural, Afro-cultural, okay. uh, technological, scientific, Olympic. We call it the Olympics of the mind. Yeah, I guess I should remember that since my daughter Angela won a medal, and I know Leonetta Espy, Elaho yes. now, and her yes. son is following in the footsteps. So why don't you just share a little bit with our listening audience about the whole concept of AXO, and I know you've been involved for quite a while, and how do you see it uh, going right now? All right. Well, thank you. AXO is the uh, student portion, the youth pro program uh, for the NAACP. And what it is, it is the uh, Academic Olympics. It's there are uh, 32 categories in which students can compete. And the reason AXO was started by Vernon Jarrett is because we wanted to give our students, African-American youth, an opportunity to showcase their talents in other areas other than the sports and give it the same type of recognition that the sports uh, candidates get. And so we give out medals. It's a national program. We get give out gold, silver, and bronze medals. When, when funds allow, we give out scholarships, et cetera. And this year, we are lucky enough to have four uh, students uh, going back to represent Seattle King County. And one of them is, is very happy, is F.A., that you uh, talked about. Um, his mother was in AXO. So I have been around doing AXO far too long now that my students, children are coming through AXO. But he is um, a brilliant freshman at Lakeside High School, and he's in computer science. And we have uh, a young... Um, a young lady named Ryan Morgan, who's a senior, and she's, uh, she goes to Mount Rainier High School, and she is a classical music uh, instrumental, and she plays the bassoon. And uh, we have um, uh, Ma Mahana Cash, who is uh, a senior in vocal class, uh, vocal contemporary, and she, uh, she attends Diamond High School. And Diamond High School is in Anchorage, Alaska. And uh, Nyla Butler, who is a junior at Federal Way High School, and she's in two categories. She's in perform uh, poetry written and poetry performance. So we are excited to be able to take these young people back to compete at the national level. And we uh, have a small program this year, uh, but uh, it's, these kids are very strong in their categories. And we have been competitive nationwide, as you know, as, as far back as when Angela and Leonetta Espy was in the program, who is Effie's mom. Um, Effie's mom. Uh, we've, won, we've won gold, silver, and bronze medals all along, every, almost every year for many years. We have been able to be competitive nationwide. So this year we have, uh, we're looking for uh, sponsors of the program, sponsors of students. Uh, it is the national convention is in July in Atlantic City, 
And so we are asking uh, people to make donations to the program. Uh, and next year, uh, when we come back in July, in August, we will start recruiting students because we want to get uh, to uh, have 50 students in our program, 100 students, and we need the community to help us do that because AXO is a program that we need adults. It's an adult mobilization program to help our African-American students be successful in, in getting ready for their careers and as they move forward towards college. Well, that's and once again, that's going to be, is that uh, during the 4th of July weekend, the 4th of July? No, it's uh, the no, it's 13th of July. No, it's in July. 13th, no. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, I, I noticed uh, I got a copy of a uh, letter, I guess you had sent to uh, uh, District Court Judge uh, asking uh, District Court Judge uh, Sandra Mahoney, Sarah Mahoney, to step down. Oh, yes, Susan, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. What was uh, what was the nature uh, and what caused prompted the NAACP to spring into action? Uh, I know I sent something out on uh, on email, a quote that I had from you, but I don't, the listeners need to hear from exactly from you on what the issues are with this district court judge. And she, I understand she was a presiding King County district court judge, and this issue came up. She stepped down, but apparently that was not good enough for the NAACP. Can you share with my, our listening audience, why is that the case? Well, first of all, um, this has been going on now for a month or so. And she did step down as presiding judge. What happened was she was in a conversation, and I think it was more than one conversation, and she used some racial slurs, and she used the N-word. And uh, when it was brought to her attention that that was not the thing to do, some of her colleagues even asked her to resign. When we heard about it, um, we thought we tried to reach her. We reached out. We could not reach her. So then we, uh, I sent a letter to her asking her, demanding her resignation um, because we cannot have a judge that uh, openly tells us how she feels. When she is represent, when when a people of color, especially black people, come in front of her, we don't know how what damage she has done with the number of people that have come in uh, that she has seen on that on that bench. So she doesn't need to be there. And although she, we were waiting to see what the <coughs> the uh, the judicial um, committee did, what kind of sanctions or what kind of um, what would happen to her, we decided that. They have taken her way off of the bench. She's not doing any uh, cases right now. So then what good is she? She's holding off, occupying the space. We need her to be gone. Um, and so we decided not to wait. We decided that we needed to go on record saying she needs to go. And we thought that she would resign, but I understand she's not. So if she doesn't resign and she comes up for reelection, we can assure you, that we will work very diligently to make sure that the public knows what she, who she, what who she is, what she stands for, and what her personal opinions are. She took an oath that is different than what she expressed, so she has to go. Has there been any research done to see if there's a disproportionate uh, sentencing uh, for? 
people of color and black people and uh, they go before her? Well, that's that's happening now. Uh, the Judicial Committee is doing that, and we have someone beginning to work on that also, trying to get the case, trying to get that information to see what damage could have been done with people, of, uh, with black people coming in front of her. So, yes. And uh, in terms of uh, uh, the NAACP, you guys have, would this go like to, uh, does this have to go to like to the national office? Is there any kind of national involvement in this issue? Well, not yet. We thought we would, we, we have, uh, you know, we're going to see what, what her response is. As of yet, we have not uh, heard from her. I also, we sent a copy of this to the current uh, presiding judge. Uh, I think his name is Michael York. And so we have not heard anything from him or her. If, um, if she does not um, resign or if they keep her on the bench, then we will, uh, of course, engage the state level as well as the national level uh, at that time. But right now we are at, at the local level here. We think that we have um, enough uh, pull, push, and uh, yelling that will make her understand why she can no longer be in that position. Okay. We've been uh, joined by world-famous attorney Lim Howe. Uh, we want to talk I'll talk to you uh, also, uh, Madam President, about Roe v. Wade and what else is happening in Washington, D.C. But I would like to have uh, Lim Howell, I mean, he's been before courts for uh, decades. If he's ever heard of a judge uh, espousing these kind of words outside of Louisiana for me and Bob Armstead's from, uh, down somewhere down south. Lim, have you ever heard anything like that before? No, I never have. I've heard something close to it where uh, a, a judge said in referring to himself as a white male in our community it would be different than, say, a black gangster or something like that. And he was disciplined by the Judicial Conduct Commission. And I think a complaint ought to be registered by the Washington State Judicial Conduct Commission uh, about this individual. They're supposed to investigate it and take remedial steps. But it is so far gone, according to what you told me, uh, Eddie, that I don't think that anything short of her leaving the bench is appropriate. You know, they talk about corrective uh, treatment as they did for Judge North, but I don't think that's appropriate here. I think something more significant has to become. Uh, yeah, well, Carolyn Riley Payne, a censured and removed from the bench. Well, Carolyn Riley Payne, our president of the Seattle King County NAACP, has sent a letter requesting that she does step down from the bench. And she was a presiding judge of the King County District Court. She stepped down from there, but uh, that, that was, wasn't satisfactory to a lot of people. So uh, the NAACP has uh, asked for her to be removed. But I want to just go into another uh, issue uh, and just talk about for a minute before Carolyn has to leave. And as Carolyn, what is the NAACP and uh, is going to be doing the rallying people to get to the polls to fight this right-wing extremism that we have in the Republican Party? Oh, well, Eddie, we are going uh, Hello, Lim. Uh, you know, Lim Howell is one of our, um, our life members. And he is, uh, and we appreciate all of the work that he has done uh, over the years. 
I just wanted to put that plug in, Eddie. Uh, but anyway, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be holding, um, first of all, we're going to have some uh, town hall meetings and some webinars and some uh, debates with some of the people that are running for office and some of the, uh, so that people will know in the community uh, where they stand and have an opportunity to, to ask questions directly, et cetera. And we're going to be getting, uh, in the next few weeks, we're working on the plan now. And it's going to be all over King County, not just in the Seattle area, but in, uh, in Bellevue and Kent all over, because uh, this year, as we know, is, is a, uh, a critical year. Every year is critical, but this year, with the underlying right-wing push to change and go back 50 years, uh, we cannot afford not to get people out to vote and registering people to vote, and that's what we, that's what we do all the time. We are always registering people to vote, always encouraging people to get out to the, uh, send in their ballots, et cetera, and we'll be continuing to do that. I could also suggest that you contact the Lauren Miller Bar Association and refer to the Judicial Evaluation Committee uh, about the conduct of this judge. And also the political organizations like the 37th and the 11th uh, District Democrats. All right, I can do that. Um... We have been in touch with Lauren Miller Bar Association on some other issues. I certainly will um, send them, get in touch with them, and and let them know what our feelings and what we're doing um, uh, on this particular uh, on Susan Mahoney. Uh, so thank you, Lim, for that uh, that feedback. Um, so as we move forward, uh, uh, you ask uh, Lim if there has been other judges, not in our area that I have found, but across the country. Uh, people are now so real. Uh, judges have forgotten, I think. And there have been judges in um, Denver, in Colorado, I think, and back east, in, uh, several judges that have been um, removed from the bench or asked to leave the bench because of their racist slurs and comments they made. And uh, they yeah. are elected officers. We realize that. And that's why if she doesn't, if Judge Mahoney does not, uh, resign. We will be actively getting uh, out the vote uh, for people to understand. Well, not only that, we have elected officials. We have a mayor that uh, ought to comment on it, and we have members of the Metropolitan Council, uh, 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 the Metropolitan uh, Council, and members of the city council that ought to be contacted. We, as you say, get the word out. To all of them, there are elected officials, and they should comment on it. But and and some of I think some of them have, but I think that we uh, there needs to be a collective effort of all of us to uh, make sure that to send the message, and the message would be sent loud and clear that you cannot. We will. The community will not stand for it, and especially the African American community. That is what we're trying to make sure that we get the word out, so that our the African American community can stand up, send a letter yourself, call, do whatever it is you need to do, so that they will know that it is unacceptable. And she has a lot of, um, 
she meaning uh, Judge Mahoney, uh, although she stepped down from the uh, presiding, ju- presiding judge, and I understand she said that this was, um, she was sorry or whatever, that, that's fine. She has a, if she's going to be a public uh, figure running for office, she has a lot of, of mending to do, a lot of healing to do in order for her to be effective in any position in public, uh, in public life that she goes in. I want to switch the subject to, uh, to D.C. And, and ask you and Lim both the revelations that's coming out and all the tapes and stuff. Apparently, Lim, how uh, no matter what uh, Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans say on tape about trying to overthrow the United States government, it doesn't seem to have any effect on their base. What about that? Yeah, do you know something? When when the Supreme Court gutted the Voting Rights Act, the 1965 Voting Rights Act, that sent a, a big message because even the Chief Justice Roberts did that. But then when that the Voting Rights Act was uh, always affirmed and reintroduced under every president and then for the Supreme Court to have done what they did and now they can't even get it past the Senate. The House has passed it, but the Senate hasn't passed it. Voting rights are crucial. People died fighting for the right to vote. And I'm I'm really upset, but let's face it, uh, people refuse to realize that Trump and his minions committed treason. They tried to overthrow the government by use of force. And that, that is treasonous. And everybody, uh, I remember in the old days, back in the 40s and 50s, a book that said, none dare call it treason. It is treason. And the sooner we wake up to that fact, the better it is. And I don't know what the hell is the matter with Garland. What is he waiting for? All of those people should be behind bars by now. I don't know what Trump does. It's right out in the open. And uh, nobody, everybody overlooks it. When he calls and asks for more votes, if that isn't isn't trying to overthrow the election, then what is? That's right out there. The The fact that it's out there does not make it any less serious than if it was hidden. But the damn fool put it out there, and therefore he ought to be convicted with his own words. And I don't understand what the hesitancy is with Garland not uh, starting an investigation and and prosecuting Trump. But not only Trump, this guy that uh, from the Justice Department, the the assistant Justice Department, who wrote and talked to them, and they had false impersonating state electors, that's outrageous. That's treason. Why are we, why are they not moving? And then their threats to school board members and their uh, threats to local officials, those are actionable police, uh, criminal activity that ought to be prosecuted. And I think if we don't wake up and, and insist that our law enforcement officials do something about this, then we'll become lawless. Well, Lim, I want to tell you, uh, Bob Armstead's on the line. He filed a complaint, well-documented complaint. As a matter of fact, Adam Smith sent a letter to Christian Clark 
the uh, Assistant Attorney General for Civil Rights, asking her based upon the documentation that was presented in the complaint to the DOJ that she investigated. Well, they took that complaint uh, uh, of discrimination against African-Americans in Washington State and sent it to the Department of Transportation. So uh, yeah, we have uh, some very serious problems. Matter of fact, I'm gonna send you a copy of Congressman Adam Smith's letter. Uh, I, we, I talked to Congresswoman Maxine Waters and it sounds as though she is fed up with the DOJ as well. Uh, she didn't have any, very many kind words to say, but uh, I think uh, Garland is costing us immensely because by his lack of action, it's causing a lot of black folks to become uh, disengaged and that we can't afford to have that happen with the MAGA crowd ready to take over all these states and uh, rig the next election for Donald Trump. So, uh, Carolyn, is the NAACP doing anything to fight against this thing? Yes, the National is very active. Uh, we haven't, we're not necessarily doing any, anything um, directly uh, at the state or local level. However, the National uh, is fighting it, fighting every day, pushing back and fighting hard. Uh, and I think that what we need to do as a community locally uh, and statewide is that we, we are going to have to speak up. We have to now, we can no longer let this go. It is, a, it is embarrassing to not have a Civil uh, Voters Rights Act. We can, if you can't pass the, that in, to, in 2022, then we, and then people can do what they did in Jan, on January the 6th. And not one of them, none of them go to jail. None of them, we need to, uh, like him said, we need to call it what it is and call it treason and call and, call and insist uh, and have a surge to um, call it out and ask for action. I mean, I don't, under, I don't understand it either why um, the people are not in jail that were there for uh, January 6th. And I don't know what the magic is in Donald Trump. Something is, he's sprinkled with something. He gets away he, with murder. That he can <laughs> do the kinds of things that he does, say the kinds of things that he says, and nothing happens. It rolls it's attributed, off of him it's no matter to how serious it is. Yeah. A lot of people say it's white privilege because of the fact. Look at all the folks in them. Uh, I want you guys to hang on, but all the people that uh, got uh, were charged in the January 6th attempt to overthrow the government, when they went back to their local communities, those judges let them go on trips. They went to their brother's wedding. Uh, there was uh, uh, little to no time given to them. And it's, it's so uh, all these folks are in this thing together. So, uh, but Lim, I want you to hear from Bob Armstead after we take this break. There, as a matter of fact, Carolyn Riley Payne was one of the signatories on this uh, complaint. 21 organizations, individuals uh, with the documentation proven discrimination against Black folks uh, went back to, to, uh, to the DOJ, to Kristen Clark, and for whatever reason, there was never, you know, we received your complaint and that was it. And uh, other than that, it was just jettisoned over to the Department of Transportation and I said, I thought uh, the Civil Rights Office dealt with dis uh, racial discrimination complaints. I had no idea that the Department of Transportation dealt with it, unless the Department of Justice just didn't want to have their fingerprints on it, which is sad. But uh, anytime you have a 
ranking member of Congress, I remember, I remember Adam Smith, chair of the House Armed Services Committee, if he can send a complaint in and they ignore uh, him, I guess black folks don't have very much of a chance. Well, I want you guys a whole long to take this break because I want Bob Armstead to go into detail about this complaint when we get done, okay? So Eric, let's All take right. this break and come right back. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Linklight Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Linklight Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Linklight Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Eddie Ryback at Urban Forum Northwest. We have uh, 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 President of Seattle, King County NAACP, Carolyn Riley Payne on, uh, retired civil rights uh, legendary attorney, Lem Howe, uh, Bob Armstead, National Association of Minority Contractors. We've been joined by Bill Dickens. And I want to give a shout out, public shout of condolence on the passing of his mother. Uh, he will, uh, I'm glad he's on today, uh, but he'll be leaving town soon to take care of that family business. So Bill Dickens is chair of the Tacoma Pierce County Black Collectives Economic Development Committee. Uh, so Bill, why don't you just take a little time because we were anticipating the in-person meeting on Sunday. There have been some changes. So if you just want to share with our listeners a little bit overall, the background and the concept of the Tacoma Pierce County Economic Development Committee, that would, that would be good. Uh, Eddie, and uh, first of all, thank you for your uh, your words of uh, comfort and condolences uh, to me uh, in the loss of uh, my uh, my mother. Um, uh, I've been an, uh, an economist for over 35 years, and uh, the foundation of my uh, economic acumen I actually uh, got from my mother uh, at a very young age because she instilled uh, in us, my other siblings, uh, uh, the sense of uh, uh, economic uh, independence and making sure that we uh, pay close attention uh, to uh, economic and monetary issues that impact on our lives. So uh, thank you again for that. Uh, with regards to, to my uh, my work uh, with the Tacoma Pierce County 
uh, Black Collective uh, as chair of the Economic Development Committee, uh, we are excited uh, about uh, the work that we are now uh, doing uh, in terms of uh, our promotion of, of black businesses in Tacoma, Pierce County. Uh, we are going to be uh, starting a, uh, uh, a new endeavor uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, which we're going to be uh, focusing specifically uh, on uh, looking at uh, ways uh, to identify and to expand uh, black businesses uh, in Tacoma, Pierce County. Uh, we are working with a, a grant uh, that we received from uh, the <clears throat> uh, Pierce County Economic uh, Development Office, uh, a two-year grant, uh, $250,000 uh, that we are going to be uh, uh, looking at uh, BIPOC businesses, uh, we're focusing on black businesses as a part of our uh, participation in the grant. Uh, other ethnic communities are going to be, you know, targeting their particular niche niche businesses, but uh, but that's what we're going to be focusing on, and uh, we're going to get everything rolling uh, come June 6, 2020. 2022, excuse me. So uh, that's uh, that, that's our main target right now. And that's great. And uh, the uh, Tacoma Pierce County Black elected the chair, Lyle Kwasim and Bill Dickens, uh, Limhound, both are signatories on the discrimination complaint that was filed by, uh, put packaged together by Bob Armstead, who is on the line with us right now. So Bill, I'm gonna go to Bob and then like to have you comment after Bob, will you take a few minutes and just uh, let everybody know about the complaint? We know that it was sent. Okay. Go right ahead. Uh, okay, thanks, Eddie. And and my condolences uh, to Bill and Bill's family as well. November the 22nd, uh, 2021, 21 uh, organizations and individuals filed a complaint with the uh, U.S. Department of Justice uh, claiming civil rights, discrimination, and disparate impact uh, actions against the state of Washington and uh, Governor Inslee. Uh, as part of that complaint, we had uh, 30 plus attachments to the complaint. Uh, those attachments included uh, nine disparity studies, a report submitted by a private consulting firm, uh, reports and documents from foundations and others, uh, all stating the same thing, that uh, Blacks in the Seattle area and Washington State have been discriminated against. And as the result of that discrimination, there have been disparate impacts. Uh, those impacts include uh, the fact, as you mentioned uh, earlier, at one point, the, uh, the CD was predominantly black uh, because of the lack of employment and contracting opportunities uh, since uh, 1998 and uh, a governor's directive that incorrectly uh, directed uh, public agencies in the state of Washington that they could no longer uh, have any affirmative action programs. Uh, so they all basically went to uh, race neutral programs. As a result of that, in those nine disparity studies that I referenced, uh, 
and in other disparity studies over the last 20 years, uh, Blacks continue uh, to show up at a participation level of one and a half percent, one percent or less. And during this period of time, even with the incorrect interpretation of I-200, there are things that the state, uh, the governor, uh, and other public uh, ent entities and jurisdictions in Washington state could have done. Uh, the disparity studies specifically identify uh, remedies. So Washington state, and the governor and the other governors uh, prior to the current governor um, chose not to uh, exercise any of those remedies. So the black African-American uh, population of Washington state has uh, suffered tremendously. Uh, we received uh, a couple responses back from the Department of Justice one was an acknowledgement of the fact that we had submitted the complaint. Uh, we did not hear uh, back for them for an extended period of time. So we submitted a supplement uh, to that application, identifying additional uh, areas of discrimination and identifying the disparate impacts as a result of those. So finally, we did get another response uh, from the Department of Justice. And in that response is where you um, somewhat jokingly stated that uh, the Department of Justice basically said that uh, that was not an area uh, that they cover. And since a lot of the examples of discrimination and disparate impacts that we identified in our complaint uh, resulted from uh, agencies within the state of Washington that are funded by USDOT, that they forwarded uh, our complaint to, um, to DOT. We responded back to them, uh, thanking them for forwarding uh, our complaint to DOT because there are things that they specifically should respond to, but also reminding uh, DOJ of the origination of the Office of Civil Rights, the reason that the Office of Civil Rights was created, and the areas specifically identified in our complaint that are specifically in the purview of the Department of Justice. Uh, and thankfully, some of the conversations that you have had uh, with uh, some congressionals that uh, support uh, our position, uh, they will uh, write to the Department of Justice and ask them to identify specifically uh, why they responded um, the way that they did who within the Department of Justice was involved in that decision-making process, and when do they uh, anticipate actually investigating our complaint? Okay, I'd like to see if Bill Dickens would I'd like to have anything to say, and then Liam and Carolyn. Uh, yes, thank you very much, and thank you, Bob, for your, your kind words of uh, condolences to me and my family. I am um, 
uh, always uh, uh, thrilled and happy to to hear uh, Bob articulate uh, these these issues about uh, discrimination and inequities uh, in uh, Washington State uh, labor markets and and the business market uh, as well because uh, it's, it's actually uh, something that's long overdue. Uh, we all know that uh, uh, change uh, comes through agitation first, uh, and uh, we, we can see the, the fruit of that uh, of that agitation that uh, has been spearheaded by people like uh, Bob Armstead. Um, what I would just like to add as a footnote uh, is that uh, you know there is another uh, element uh, with regards to the agitation for. Uh, reducing uh, discrimination and inequities uh, here in our state that uh, has come through the banking sector uh, and specifically through the Federal Reserve uh, Board, uh, which has now launched a new initiative in terms of uh, requiring uh, banks to also uh, promote being in compliance uh, with uh, reducing and uh, eliminating uh, discriminatory practices uh, that impact uh, negatively on people of color across the country and in, in, in our state. Uh, we have a Federal Reserve uh, District Office uh, right now, backyard, located in Renton, Washington. It's a part of the San Francisco Federal Reserve Bank. Uh, and uh, that particular Federal Reserve District Office in Renton uh, is responsible for carrying out the Federal Reserve Board's uh, mandate and making sure that our banking sector is also is going to come in compliance uh, with uh, doing the type of things that uh, Bob uh, just uh, articulated. Uh, and uh, finally, there's uh, great news. Uh, this A couple of days ago, uh, the first black woman uh, was confirmed by the U.S. Senate to be a governor of the Federal Reserve Board. Her name is Lisa Cook, uh, who's an economist colleague of mine. And I was happy that uh, she finally got the Senate confirmation, uh, even though, Eddie, uh, it, it, it required a tiebreaker from Vice President Kamala Harris. Uh, so she got in 51 to 50. All 50 people who voted against her were Republicans. Uh, she did not get not one Republican uh, support and vote, but uh, thankfully, uh, you know, the Democrats uh, had the majority, and uh, Vice President Harris did the right thing. So now uh, Governor Cook is the first black female governor of the Federal Reserve Board, and she will continue to make sure that the banking system uh, is, is held accountable and responsible in uh, removing discriminatory practices in money, banking, and credit uh, markets uh, in this country and in our state. That's good news, Chairman Bill. That's real good news. I want to see if uh, Lim or Carolyn has a comment on that. Eddie, I'm glad the Black Collective in Tacoma is doing what it's doing, and I'm impressed with the follow-up. But I can't comment on the contents because I have not seen the paperwork. But I think it was very good that they were low-keyed and thanked the Justice Department uh, for having received it, but pointed out 
how the DOJ has jurisdiction. That was very wise. And uh, uh, I hope something comes of it because uh, they were just passing the buck onto DOD, but uh, saying that, uh, that they had jurisdiction. There may be a lot of overlapping jurisdictions, but I think you should follow up with the DOJ. I think the approach is right. If they say, but we don't have jurisdiction, yes, you do. Here's what the law says. That's good. They are being represented by who, which lawyer is representing them at uh, the Black Collective. Well, no, this is a, uh, this this complaint was the complaint filed by Barb Armstead. Yeah, he he's a lawyer down there. No, he's a uh, Bill is, a, is an economist. And it was yes, just talking about. I thought, that's what I thought you said. That yeah, I thought no, I was listening to him, and he said for thirty years he's been a, an economist. But right, what, right. But you have to have a lawyer follow up on it, on the complaint. Okay, so that's two separate issues, though. One is a complaint, and one is a Federal Reserve. He was he was referring to. No, no, but Bill I understand. Is, I, yeah. I understand the thing, but you were talking about the complaint. Mm-hmm. I, I was dealing with the complaint rather than the okay. economic the federal, okay. aspect of it. Okay. And I, okay. I'm, I'm wondering, do you have a lawyer following up on that? Well, we were, we were going to ask to send you a copy of it and see how your time was. Eddie, I'm retired. I am no, I, 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 I don't, I don't. Some <laughs> lawyers call me from time to time and we talk about things, but, you know, I don't have, I'm, okay. I'm what they call uh, uh, emeritus now. I'm, I'm a has-been. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, look, we're going to have to go out. Bill, uh, do you have any uh, closing remarks? Uh, yes. I just, just wanted to just assure Liam that uh, black people never retire. Uh, retirement <laughs> is, really, is really a euphemism uh, for just working in another area. I, I, I can assure you that the Black Collective, uh, as, uh, as Eddie and Bob know, we do have uh, several uh, attorneys who also – uh, participate uh, in our in our meetings, and uh, th- there will be uh, uh, individuals that, that will uh, you know be able to uh, provide uh, commentary uh, when when the need arises on on issues like uh, what uh, uh, our colleague Bob was referring to. So uh, you'll 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 be hearing uh, more uh, from those attorneys uh, at the Black Collective uh, at a future date. So just uh, just swing by and uh, you'll, you'll see. Okay, well, look, I want to thank uh, Bill Dickens, Bob Armstead, Attorney Lem Howell, MLHCP, Seattle King County President, Carolyn Riley Payne. Thank you all very much. You're welcome to hang around because Miss Kathy Wilmore from Fathers and Sons Together having a big event on the 19th, uh, I mean the 21st. They've been doing some positive things about bringing families together. And this week, on the 21st, it's going to be dedicated to a conversation about gun violence. So, Eric, we're going to take a break and come back with Miss Kathy after this. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. 
Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seatacshops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Eddie Ryback, Urban Forum Northwest. Before we go to Miss Kathy Wilmore for Fathers and Sons together, we got uh, Carolyn Riley Payne, President of the Seattle NAACP, has an announcement. So does Bob Armstead with the National Association of Minority Contractors. Go ahead, Carolyn. All right. I just wanted to uh, let everybody know that we have the Seattle King County is partnering with the city and the Urban League, uh, with the Parks Department, and we have summer employment for 16 to 18 year olds. There are some jobs out here playing uh, $17 an hour. Uh, and we uh, call, uh, go to our website, www.seattlekingcounty.org. Fill out the uh, form so that we can get you employed, get your sons and daughters employed. $17 an hour, uh, the Parks Department through the NAACP. We have some slots, and we need to fill them because we're not going to give them back to the city. So please. I'll announce um, it every week. I'll announce it every week. And also, I want you all to know this. uh, Two hours after this program, uh, you can get this program on Alexa and on my podcast 24-7. So two hours after the podcast. Okay, Bob Armstead, before we go to Ms. Kathy. Uh, okay, real quickly, Eddie, with, with Carolyn on and Lim and Bill talking about discrimination, derogatory uh, remarks on the part of the judge, uh, economic development issues, there's a agency within the state of Washington called the Capital Projects Advisory Review Board uh, that I would like for all of your listeners to get to know, and we can maybe do that through you and through others, but that uh, group passes on all alternative public works construction in the state of Washington. Uh, As bad as the disparity studies have been against, you know, Wallstadt and the others, there has been never ever since 2005 when this agency was created, any review and any accountability established for them. Okay. Okay, Miss Kathy Wilmore, Fathers and Sons together, big event coming up on May 21st. We'll announce it again next week. I'll put the flyer from my Facebook page to make sure you get equal time. So go right ahead, ma'am. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Eddie Wright, for allowing us to uh, to join this exciting panel to announce our event and on your show. Um, our organization name is called Fathers and Sons Together. 
We uh, established ourselves in 2011. We've been doing this work for 11 years in various communities. Uh, Fathers and Sons Together is all about building relationships within our families, our fathers, our sons, our mothers, and our daughters. Um, on Saturday, May 21st, we will be hosting our annual bar barbershop chat to and play. We call it that because not only are, will, uh, do we have the finest barbers coming out to cut, uh, we, we say come out you know, to, for the haircut, but stay for the conversations. We know historical values of what the barbershop embodies for our community. So it's taking those beautiful conversations uh, that are inside the barbershop into the community. So we have um, a host of barbers that will be cutting and we have phenomenal panelists that will be sharing um, in an open conversation, powerful conversations uh, that will be youth-led and family-led conversations. Our focus this year um, is all on gun violence and um, restorative resolutions. So we will be um, you know, dealing with a lot of um, our focus is to, to help heal those families that have been affected by gun violence. And, um, and looking at this whole gun violence issue a little bit deeper, how do we uh, save ourselves? What are the services that are needed in our communities to support those families that have been affected by gun violence? And how do we save our, our, our sons and our daughters um, from the effects of gun violence? So we'll, um, the panel will be um, shared with, um, um, a, uh, Chief um, Adrian Diaz um, from the Seattle Police Department, um, beloved office uh, detective Cookie um, will be there. Um, Seattle Police Department um, officer Aaron Lucas is one of our barbers. He'll be volunteering and, and doing cuts and joining in on those conversations along with mothers and community, other community members that will also be sharing um, in this powerful conversation. So we are looking forward to seeing everyone out there on Saturday, May 21st at the Rainier Beach Community Center Plaza. This is an outdoor event. So you'll see us out um, on Rainier and Henderson, come out and join us, get a cut and stay for the conversation. Of course, there'll be food, um, music, um, activities for the kids and a lot of resources. And now uh, you have flyers out, is there a website, uh, any other kind of information that my listeners can access? Yes, our website, it's a little long, but uh, check us out, it's fast like slow, but fast, and then fathersandsonstogether.org. So again, our website is called fastfathersandsonstogether.org. Check us out there and you'll learn more about our event and able to register there. Or if you would like to join us, um, feel free to give me a call. My number is 206-228-6460. Again, that's 206-228-6460. 6460. And what are the activities you guys have going on during the year? Uh, we will, this year is going to be an exciting year. We will be doing um, a music for change, a walk for change, overnight um, father and son camp, um, along with, uh, you know, just conversations, youth conversations, family conversations. Um, 
you'll see all of our events on our website. And that, that's great. And uh, I'm giving Mr. Wilmore uh, my regards that one of these days, he's going to be on the air as well. Uh, but uh, you guys are really doing a good job. I really appreciate the work that you're doing. So, Thank Mr. you so much. Happy Wilmore, I'm going to give you a shout out next week. And as I promise, I will put the flyer on my Facebook page and encourage people to participate. So thank you very much for your time today. We certainly do thank appreciate you. the work. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, there are a couple of things. First of all, I want to uh, uh, congratulate uh, the new Kane County Sheriff, Patty Cole Tindall. I hope to have her on the program in the very near future. And Constantine had three African-Americans to choose from, and the local sister beat out the two brothers from out of town. Uh, also, uh, a lot of things are going on in uh I want to thank everybody that uh, provided condolences, words of uh, that uplifted me and my family in uh, memorializing my brother Jerry uh, last uh, Saturday at uh, Hogate Street Church of Christ. I want to thank uh, the eulogists, uh, my longtime friend, uh, Reverend Greg Alex, uh, uh, Minister Jimmy Hurd, uh, the shepherd of the house at Hogate Street Church of Christ, uh, was very, very uh, instrumental in helping us organize everything. And to that end, I, I'm going to say that uh, uh, next week, a guy I grew up with is by the name of uh, uh, Ed uh, James. Uh, he will have his memorial service next Friday, the 20th at 12 noon at New Beginnings Christian Fellowship. Uh, and then uh, the Johnson family, uh, Keith Johnson, uh, he was funeralized uh, March 18th. Uh, everybody know Terry Johnson, Dr. Anita Johnson-Connell, Gina, uh, Keith, Greg. So, uh, and then uh, at the point of Black history, the gentleman by the name of uh, Willie Dunn passed away. He was a business guy, was involved in real estate and stuff. But one of the probably most important thing in this uh, article on the front page of, of uh, the facts is the fact that he was the great nephew of Oscar J. Dunn, who served as Lieutenant Governor of Louisiana from eight, 19, 1868 to 1871. That's when we had like over a thousand black elected and appointed officials after the Civil War. But then along came the first uh, Donald Trump and turned the Ku Klux Klan loose and ran the black folks out of town. And I also want to take this opportunity to thank Port of Seattle's University uh, Contracting Office, the City of Seattle's Purchasing and Construction Service Office, Sound Transit's Office of Civil Rights, Diversity and Inclusion. I want to thank Lem Howe, Bob Armstead, Kathy Wilmore, uh, and also Carolyn Riley Payne and Bill Dickens for their time today. So this is Eddie Riley talking to you next week. Now, two hours after this program, you can get it on Alexa, on the podcast for the rest of the week. So have y'all have a blessed weekend and we'll talk to you later. Mm -hmm.